0: Today's lesson is a proclaiming priest. We find this in Ezra chapter 7 through 10 and Nehemiah chapter 8. With Nehemiah's arrival in Jerusalem, the former cupbearer turned governor of the region began to rebuild their city as well as their identity. As with most big projects, they had their share of troubles, both inside and out. Enemies threatened and opportunists took advantage, but through it all, Nehemiah's one-sentence prayers sustained him and his people as they slowly but surely rebuilt the wall. Then came the even larger challenge. Who would this people be? Would they be those who despised their God and their people? Or would they be the people the Lord had called them to be, in his word. The first point in this lesson is that God's people gather to hear the word of the Lord, and that's in Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 through 8. All the people gathered together at the square in front of the water gate. They had asked the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had given Israel. On the first day of the seventh month, The priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding. While he was facing the square in front of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon before the men, the women, and those who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Metithiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah stood beside him on his right. To his left were Pediah, Mishael, Melchizah, Hashem, Hash, Bedana, Zechariah, and Meshelam. Ezra opened the book in full view of all the people, since he was elevated above everyone. As he opened it, all the people stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and with their hands uplifted, all the people said, Amen. Amen. Then they knelt low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shebathai, Hodiah, Messiai, Kalita. Azariah, Josabed, Hanan, and Pele, who were Levites, explained the law to the people as they stood in their places. They read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. Every now and then, a congregation is actually blessed with a faithful, encouraging leader who serves the church for decades. That happened to be Ezra. He had come to Jerusalem from Babylon approximately a dozen years before Nehemiah brought his own caravan. But Ezra's reputation had preceded him. Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. We see here the description of a believer who is fully committed to the Lord. It's not certain whether Ezra remained in Jerusalem after his initial journey or her returned at a later date, but in these verses, the story of Ezra and Nehemiah overlap, and we're actually blessed to see how two people, one who was a bookworm and a teacher, and one who was a leader and an administrator, could work together using their complementary skills to lead God's people to obedience. Building the wall had been a hard-fought battle, but we read in Nehemiah chapter 6 that the wall was completed in 52 days. When their enemies heard the news, all the surrounding nations were intimidated, and they lost their confidence, not because they thought the Jews were mighty, but because they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. The people then gathered in Jerusalem safe and secure, and ask Ezra to bring God's word out before them. Ezra may have been the only person in Jerusalem at that time who had access to a copy of God's law, and it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine that this treasured parchment had come with him 13 years earlier. We can only imagine Ezra's joy that the sacred word of the Lord was now being requested by the people. Not only that, but all the people were listening attentively. We see it intentionally recorded that the men, the women, and those who could understand were there from daybreak until noon, perhaps six hours of intense listening. This united, multi-generational congregation had likely never known such a time of public reading, as they had all been born into exile. Their desire to hear and know God's word revealed their heart to align themselves with their God. We read that Ezra opened the scroll, and since he was on a raised platform, Ezra's unrolling of the scroll was visible to all. The holy act of opening the word of the Lord inspired everyone to stand. The Hebrew word translated stood up is really rich in meaning. Besides standing physically, it can also mean to take a stand or a hold and or to hold one's ground, to stop, to delay, or even to remain. The people in Nehemiah chapter 8 then stood in reverence and in unity before the word of God. After the people stood, Ezra blessed the Lord, praising him for who he is. David did the same in Psalms 103 verses one and two, where he instructed his own soul to bless the Lord. And for the rest of the song he list, listed the awe-inspiring holiness of Yahweh. With hands raised, the people before Ezra cried, "Amen, Amen," reflecting their agreement with the proceedings. We say, "Amen!" when we confer the work, confirm the words of another. And hope in the same truths. Then the people bowed low with faces to the ground in worship and humility. And the Levites helped explain the words to those who did not understand. So this was not only a teaching or sermon. It really was a full body worship experience. The next point is that God's people display the joy of the Lord. We find this in Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 9 through 12. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared since today is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, since today is holy. Don't grieve. Then all the people began to eat and drink, send portions and have a great celebration, because they had understood the words that were explained to them. The scene of Nehemiah chapter 8 reveals a beautiful picture of biblical unity. Young and old, men and women, leaders from every walk of life, were gathered as one to hear God's word. Nehemiah stood with authority of the Persian crown, reminding us of the need for godly men and women in governmental service. Ezra was a priest and scribe, devoting his life to the study of God's word and to interceding before the Lord on behalf of the people. The Levites were different from the priests. Even though all priests were Levites in that they had responsibilities in the temple, but not the intercessory ones of priests, 38 Levites had returned to Jerusalem with Ezra. We saw in verse 8 that the Levites had explained the law, translating it and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. Verse 9 adds that Nehemiah, Ezra, and the Levites all played a role in instructing the people. The root word translated were instructing in verse 9 points to separating mentally, discerning, or enabling understanding. Then, as now, teachers of God's word must be certain that their audience hears not only the audible sound of the words, but actually ingests their meaning and significance. We don't know where Ezra chose to read from God's word that day, but we know that it was the law of Moses and that it caused the people to weep. Likely, these exiled Jews were coming to grips with the fact that they had lived far from God's temple, and his commands leading them to repent and mourn over their disobedience. And though godly repentance is important in the faith of one who follows the Lord, there was a significance to this day. As Nehemiah, Ezra, and the Levites explained, it was holy to the Lord. This day was the first day of the seventh month which we see described in Numbers as the festival of trumpets. On that day, God's people were not to do any work but to offer a burnt offering and sound trumpets. This day was not an ordinary day. It was a festival. It was a time to celebrate the Lord, call attention to Him, and make an offering for sin. Perhaps you found yourself in a similar situation. You recommitted your faith or started walking in obedience and then something came across your path. An old friend, an old journal, perhaps even an old photo. And a million shames begin to fall around you. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. I'm just going to fail again. Who am I fooling? Nehemiah and Ezra would look at you and gently say, take today to celebrate where you've come not how far it is to perfection we can celebrate even as we struggle because god is who we're celebrating he's been faithful he's been with us and his promises are actually forever or as the jews were told the joy of the lord is your strength when you're feeling low in your own strength choose to celebrate in god who is our stronghold This wasn't a contradiction to their encouragement to celebrate. Instead, it was an encouragement to be at peace, to stop mourning, finding confidence before the Lord. So the celebration ensued because they had understood the words that were explained to them. In the same way, we can find joy in the fact that we understand the word of the Lord and that we know the word of the Lord, Jesus, by faith. We know that in God's story, there actually are no coincidences. It was no coincidence that the Jews just happened to request Ezra's reading of the word on the first day of the seventh month. And it's no coincidence that the day they heard God's law for the first time in generations was a day that they were to celebrate. The holy timing of God is absolutely flawless. And we're blessed when we see his hand moving in our lives and circumstances. But God's people didn't stop their hearing of the word at one day. They actually wanted to know more. Now this last point in this lesson is that God's people unite to obey the commands of the Lord. We find this in Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 13 through 18. On the second day, the family heads of all the peoples, along with the priests and Levites, assembled before the scribes, Ezra, to study the word of the law. They found in the written, in the written in the law, how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should dwell in shelters during the festival of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and spread this news throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the hill country. And bring back branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make shelters, just as it is written. Then the people went out, brought back branches, and made shelters for themselves on each of their rooftops and courtyards. The court of the house of God, the square by the water gate and the square by the Ephraim gate. The whole community that had returned from exile made shelters and lived in them. The Israelites had not celebrated like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. And there was tremendous joy. Ezra read out of the book of the law of God every day, from the first day to the last. The Israelites celebrated the festival for seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a solemn assembly, according to the ordinance. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 2 we saw that on the first day of the seventh month, the people requested that Ezra read the word to them, and that they had responded with contrition and celebration to the observance of the festival of trumpets. Now here on the second day, we see that only a portion of the people assembled for a second day of reading, the family heads, the priest, and Levites. This time of the year was the season of harvest, which required many hands. So the smaller gathering actually makes sense. But it's also worth noting that each family leader, as well as religious leader, determined to stay. What a strong reminder to us today. Leaders must assume spiritual leadership. Whether we find ourselves as heads of a household, head of a group, or head of informal circle of friends, we must accept this position in which God has placed us, and the responsibility that goes with it—to read, know, understand, and believe God's word. As these leaders studied together, they found another passage that identified another celebration in the same month, on the fifteenth day of the seventh month. God's people were instructed to celebrate the festival of shelters, or tabernacles, or even booths. To the Lord there was a sacred assembly of complete rest on the first and the eighth days. No daily work and a food offering was presented for eight days. On the first day, while rejoicing, they built shelters from leafy trees and lived in those shelters for the seven days of the festival. Why? Why? It's so that your generations may know that I made the Israelites live in shelters when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This festival looked back to God's faithfulness and his authority in the lives of his people. Both at a time of Moses and the time of Nehemiah, this was a command to live out their faith remembering God and his fulfilled promises. Again, we can take this example and consider a similar time of remembrance in our own lives. As a family, consider God's faithfulness to you individually and as a household and as an extended family line. Share these stories aloud, choosing to point out God's acts of mercy and love. Perhaps like the Jews, this would be a great yearly activity for each family. Like a mother watching her preschooler, willingly pick up his toys for the first time we can only imagine the thoughts going through Ezra's mind at this point they're doing it after all this time they're actually obeying for a people starved for the word and presence of the Lord their hunger to know and obey was evident in their actions for starters they proclaimed and spread the message throughout the towns And in Jerusalem, teaching friends and relatives what was commanded. How to obey and when the festival was to start. Like good news spreading through good friends. The united focus on God and his word spread to the Jewish community of returned exiles. The people didn't just agree to or consider the instruction. They obeyed through the physical work, gathered branches in the hill country and brought them back to Jerusalem. Some made shelters on rooftops or in courtyards if they lived in the city. Others built their shelters in the public areas. Not only would this act help them remember their ancestors who had lived 1,000 years before, but it would bring them out of their homes and their daily routine, allowing them to spend time together, face-to-face, focused on the Lord. These shelters weren't built for a time of hardship but for celebration. There was tremendous joy, more so than anyone could recall or find recorded. Each day of the festival was marked by the reading of God's word and celebration. Finally, after all their years in exile, God's people were walking in obedience to his word and finding the joy that comes as a result. I'm gonna close this lesson with a voice from the church history. It's from Bede, who lived from six seventy-three to seven thirty-five. And it's and he said, It is a holy day of the Lord for us when we take pains to hear and carry out his words. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and just thank you for your word, and for your faithfulness to maintain your word throughout the generations. And Holy Father, I just pray that you'd illuminate this lesson in the minds of those who would listen to it and just send them what they need to hear. And I pray, Lord, for those who are sick and hurting today, that you would just raise them up and heal them and touch them and surround them with your loving arms of grace and mercy. And Heavenly Father, I ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to guide and direct our paths through the coming week. Just use us as a reflection of Jesus to light the world around us and draw people to us so that we could share his grace and his mercy with them. For it's in your precious heavenly name I pray. Amen.